ready. I've been getting ready for next year. Our next year theme is Unshakable, and which is really actually related to the steadiness of God. And so I was really looking forward to really getting into it tonight. And uh, the Lord just actually stopped me in my tracks this morning and said, I want your people to remember what has been done this year. I want them to actually journey back and discover that truly what Hebrews 10.23 says, where it says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised his faithful. And I think, you know, tonight we saw how faithful God has been to us, but I want you guys to just go back and see a bigger picture. I want us to rewind the movie from the beginning of last year to right now, and it is 8.05, by the way, and we have like a few hours before this year is over. But when we talked about holding fast, we talked about that we can hold fast despite on, on truth, hold fast on truth, despite our circumstances and our trials. And we came to discover and connect that Holding fast was all about belief. It was about us coming back to that foundation of belief, trusting him, relying on him. And if we remained and we continued and, abide, and we abided in him and his truth, because a lot of time, a lot of lies come into our heads. A lot of times, a lot of thoughts come into our head. A lot of times, just our life just pounds against us and causes us to fight against discouragement and despair. And sometimes we lose hope in all that. But we want, God wanted us to remember that when we held fast to his promises, when we held fast to the thought that he is faithful and consistently consistent, he is loving, he's perfect, he is merciful, he is forgiving, he is, he is all of these things. He's unchanging. He doesn't lie. And he is our father who stays the same yesterday, today, and forever. When we stood on this, no matter what storms came our way this year, you're still standing, beloved. I think we sometimes look at all of the things that we did not do well, and we don't look at us we're standing. We're still coming to church. We're still seeking. We're still going forward. Yes, we tripped up. Yes, we dropped the ball. Yes, we did all that. But God never did any of that. And while we were trying to develop that whole fast root system in our lives, we might have forgotten some things about what God has done for this congregation. But I do believe that God is giving us a little heads up that maybe we might have been careless with the things that have been planted, the seeds that have been planted. Every course we take are seeds that God plants. Every book that comes through this church, every curriculum, every message, every preaching, every word that comes from this pulpit are seeds that are either planted or watered because God wants to see a harvest in your life. That is his heart for you. So we might have been maybe careless and maybe unthoughtful of what God has done in this church assembly. And I believe that God is telling us tonight in Mark, Mark 4, 9, where he says, Let those who have ears, let them hear tonight. Now, when you looked down at that particular verse, it's talking about how maybe that everything that came our way this year was given to us for a purpose. Not just what we've gotten in this church, but in our lives, our trials, our circumstances. I, I look back, and I look back in January when Mark started coming and did, you know, just just took apart my whole house. And, and as I walked through that, I started discovering certain things in my life. And God never stopped for a, a reason or another. He kept on exposing and going after these areas of fear and uncertainty and, and insecurities. And I, there, there was a purpose behind it, beloved. You know, the, everything he does, he doesn't do to punish. He does so that we can actually be free. But sometimes we're careless with the seed. Sometimes we're unthoughtful of that seed. And so he says to us tonight, if, if we have ears to hear what has gone on this year, 
that you will see and I will prove it to you in many ways, shape or form that he was wanted to lead us back to growth. He wanted us to come to that place of freedom. He wanted us to be healed. And, and you know what? We're so stubborn. We fight against him, don't we? we? We just do this not knowing that God will never be moved. When he has a plan for us, when he has a purpose that, wants, that he wants us to grow and to be complete, lacking nothing and to mature, beloved, he will do everything to make this known to us. He will come to get us right where we are. But we know that in this verse, he is talking about many other things. So I want to talk about eleven fourteen, and I want to go back to verse 3 and 4, where, which is the parable of the sower. We know this. We've heard it before. But before that, you need to know that Jesus says this, for those who have ears, let him hear, is because he wanted you to see the meaning beyond the surface things. You see, we're always stuck on what we're feeling and what we're seeing. But God says there's always a meaning behind the surface thing. And we need to come to a place of understanding. And not just listening tonight, but to understand that God had a journey for all of us this year. And because when we do understand, something happens in our heart. You see, when I came to the understanding that God was exposing my fear and my insecurities and these narratives that kept me going down the same path of destruction. And God said, I need to break these narratives. I need to break this message that's in your head. But you've got to come to a place of understanding that I am God and I will not be moved in the plan that I have for you. That I had to come to him and not him come to me. I have fought, I have denied, I have been angry, and then I've come to that place of acceptance, which is a place of acceptance. Can God do what he says he's going to do? That is where I started understanding and a conviction started coming into my heart and I started following and obeying. When God said, shut that thought down, I shut it down. When God said, stop walking in your insecurities, I already gave you a promise, I stop walking in my insecurities. When he said, the uncertainties you have will drive you, should drive you to trusting me more. And so I kept on doing that. And then I fell on this scripture in Mark 4, 11, 14, where it says this. This is the uh, New Century Version. Jesus said, and this is, again, he talks about the parable of sowers, okay? And then he's at, the, the disciples are asking him, why are you telling us these stories? Why don't they just tell us what you're trying to tell us? You know, why do you have to cover it in the story? Jesus said, you can know the secret about the kingdom of God, but to others I tell everything by using so stories so that they will look and look, but they will not learn. They will listen and listen, but they will not understand. If they did learn and understand, they would come back to me and be forgiven. Other scripture says they would come back to me and be healed. Now, it kind of seems like, what would he say if you look and look and not find? I truly believe it has to do with the verses before that. That our hearts sometimes become so hardened. You see, when God speaks to us, when he spoke to me this year, and I was doing the resistance, what I was doing was Per, not permitting God to plant that seed in my heart. And once it's planted, it's up to me to cultivate. It means I have to keep on bringing truth to that seed. Not the lies, not what I feel, but what is truth? What God, what is God telling me? But there are times I looked and I looked and I couldn't learn. There were times I listened and I listened, but I didn't understand. Have you ever been there? But then he said, if they, if they did learn and they did understand, they would come to me and they would be forgiven and they would be healed. I believe that has everything to do with the soils of our heart, how we respond to God in our daily life, as we read the word, as we seek and do our daily things, as we come to church and the service that God has given us and the ministries and the activity that he gives us, his family, us, 
you know, just, just being, cultivating my relationship with him. All of these things, it's about actually the soils of our heart. And so I'm not going to read verse 3 and 7, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to break down the parable of the sower. Because now I just told you, after he finished giving that side of the parable, he said, those that have ears, let him hear. So what really that means is that you're going to listen tonight, but I want you to go beyond listening. I want you to hear. Because if you really hear with the intent of obeying what God is about to show you, it's a game changer. Because when I started listening and hearing, and then I started understanding, oh God, you're the one telling me to do this. I started realizing that I was fighting against the God of eternity. I was fighting against the plan that he had for me, even though that I didn't like the plan. And God said, can you trust me with the plan? Then I started hearing. I started learning. I started understanding. And I got healed. And so the seeds represent the word. So we can get the word in different ways. You can get the word as you're listening to me, as the word is being preached and the anointing of the word comes from this pulpit. You can get the word in our life groups as we discuss life principles as we did the whole year. And as we got into small groups, there's seeds that are always planted, beloved. These seeds don't go void, but there are times they're not productive. They are not, they're not watered. They can't be watered and they can't be cultivated. There's a reason for it. Not on God's side, but on our side. Are you getting what I'm saying? All right, so let me show you. The seed is the word. The heart is the soil. He describes four types of heart. I know you've heard this before, but I want you to hear me because this is a, 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 a stepping stone to where I'm going. So here, the hard heart, that's that, that, that means that my soil of my heart is resistant to God's word. If you want to know if you're resistant is that when God tells you something, you actually think it's a suggestion. And instead of really obeying it, you kind of like cloak and say, yeah, yeah, I get it. But you know, I, you know, God, you know, you just don't understand. And so we're resistant to the word of God, where it's coming from. And so when it, so it can't be planted and it can't grow hard. It can't, it, it can't go any further. It can't be cultivated. And unfortunately, you'll hear a word on Sunday and you will leave unchanged because sat Satan has come and he's actually snatched a seed. So now it can't even be watered. You know, God wanted to plant something in your heart. And that's why when I tell you I come prepared, <laughs> oh, beloved, it doesn't matter who's preaching from this pulpit. I come prepared because I know I need to hear something. I need to understand. I need to let the seed go down in my soul. And if my heart should be hard, that means if I practice resisting when God says, Mona, stop doing this. Stop believing things that I've already revealed to you. Don't go there. So when I'm resistant, my heart gets hard. And so when the seed comes, which we have plenty of opportunity in this church, by the way, it can't be cultivated. And then we have the next, the, 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 the soil, the heart, where it's a shallow heart. It's like a thin soil on the rock. There is no depth. Whatever gets planted cannot last because there is no roots. And so this is like an emotional here. So let's just say you're going through a hard time and, and you're emotionally led, which we all are. God has uh, given us emotions so we can express them, by the way. But he kind of wants to be Lord over those emotions too. He doesn't want us to run with them. But when we are emotionally led, we'll hear a word and we'll accept and say, yes, that's exactly what I needed to hear today. Have you ever done that? It's exactly what I needed to hear. But you leave, but that word never gets watered. That seed never goes any further. It doesn't because we don't understand what God, when God does give us something, we're just very actually careless with that seed. And because of it, there's no depth to it. There's no root. That means that you're going to go through something that's very similar to the reason why you were in an emotional upheaval and you'll go around the same mountain over and over and over again. Listening, hearing, but never coming to an understanding. 
No conviction, no change, no transformation. And then you have the soil of the heart that's a crowded heart. It's a picture of the person who receives the word but does not truly repent of the things that God is exposing. And so they don't remove the weeds that choke up that seed. And sometimes those weeds are the cares of the world. And so God gives us a promise in this word. And he says, I'm going to care for you. I'm going to provide for you. Because if I take care of the birds of the air and the lilies of the valley, I can take care of you. If I hold on to the stars and the moon, this is not too complicated for me. I could provide for you. I can protect you. But a crowded heart heart will always go back to the default. will always go back to, oh, I have to try harder. Well, God doesn't understand. But unfortunately, they don't repent because that is a heart full of unbelief. And because of the unbelief, the cares of the world come and snuff out the seeds. So they hear Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Friday after Friday and Tuesday, everything. But the seeds never get cultivated. And so they hear, but there's no healing. There's no change. And so the hear is, there's too many thorns that's choking up that seed, to, and it can't grow in the soil. And because they're overwhelmed with so many other things, their affections are everywhere else, and the seed doesn't get cultivated. There's the lust of things, and our focus is everywhere. And the good seed of the word has no room to grow. And then we have the fourth heart, the fruitful heart. It's a picture of a true believer. And according to the word, the fruit is there because it is an evidence of true salvation. Salvation is about a changed life. So if we are still at the same place we were at the beginning of this year, I have to tell you, it is not from God's side. Somewhere down the road, maybe our hearts were hardened because we failed to understand the importance of when God reveals himself, he didn't reveal himself so that you can actually question it. He revealed it because, you see, he sees further. He has what's best for us. But if we don't believe he's sovereign or in control, then we go back. What we don't understand is that every time we come near where the seed wants to be planted, because God won't waste a thing. Every time you guys come out, you're here tonight. Every time you go out Friday, Tuesday, and you put yourself under the seed, God's saying, okay, what kind of soil would that seed, what kind of soil will it receive? And we have the opportunity to change the atmosphere of our hearts. We have the opportunity to say, oh God, what have I done? God, I, I want to be fruitful. But a heart that is fruitful is a heart that is moldable, that is responsive to the, heart, to the word. Now, as I told you this year, there were many things that God was showing me. But there were many things I was resistant. But I, you know, when the Lord says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and in the beginning of understanding. You see, you start to understand that the seeds, the word that is coming to me in every, whatever way, sitting down, listening to my husband, or listening to John, or listening to somebody else preaching, or when I'm reading the word and cultivating my relationship with God, and the word just pops right out, God is saying, don't be careless with that seed. I'm about to do something. So I need you to take away what crowds that seed. I need you to come against the lies of the enemy. I need you to come against those things that cause you to think that God has forgotten you when he hasn't. And so the true believers at times, we know that we're not all productive, are we? We're not all productive. But I think it is part of the evidence when we are realizing and the fear of the Lord comes to us and we know we don't want to be careless anymore. Let 2020 cause us not to be careless when God has already showed his heart in regards to his situation. Beloved, don't refuse it. Don't resist it. Don't stubbornly consider that you're going to be doing it in your own strength. Because if you look back, beloved, these seeds have been given to you because he wants you to grow. He wants you to heal. He wants you to, to be free and liberated and delivered by the things that crowd out what can give you life.
Have we only listened but not heard what God was showing us this year? This is the question that God was asking me. Did they just listen? Did it produce? Did the seeds, were they planted, were they watered, were they cultivated? You would know if they did by a change of behavior, by a change of attitude, or a perspective that you used to see this way, perceive this way, and now you don't. You see it through his ways and his truth. By the decisions you are making, by the heart that you see that God is showing you to go this way and not that way, by the greater knowledge and greater ability to love him and to love his word, and in turn, love others. So let's journey backwards. Let's go from the beginning. And that's what I did. I went back from the beginning of my messages in year to, at the beginning of this year. We have, been we have been challenged since the beginning of the year to not waver on the fact that God is God. And when he actually reveals himself, no matter how that seed comes to you, it is not something we should ponder, but it is something to be followed and obeyed. Why? Because his plan is the best plan. And so here, he says here, at the beginning in February, in January, we had a time of prayer. And in February, we talked about wavering. Hold fast, don't waver. Remember? And we were brought face-to-face uh, -face with 1 Kings 18, where it says, how long will you waver between two opinions? You see, that's why we, be, we have shallow hearts. That's why our hearts are crowded, because we waver. We waver continuously. So here, Elijah says, how long will you waver between two opinions? <clears throat> if the Lord is God, follow him. If who you say you follow... If you are a follower of Jesus, you need to follow his ways. And there's a time and a place now that we have to actually decide whom and what are we going to be following. Because I don't know about you, but I don't want to relive another 20 years of what we've experienced in the, in the year 2019. Now, I have to tell you, I'm glad of my, of my things this year. But let me tell you, it eroded a lot of things in my life. There were a lot of seeds that were not planted and were not watered because of things that I held on to. And so here in, in, in uh, February, we'd, we were challenged to develop a better belief system. You know, Nancy Lee DeMoss said that if we have lies against God, that, belief, that lie will usurp all the truth in all the other areas. So if we don't believe God is strong or mighty or powerful, all, you know, and all-knowing and all-present, then that is going to affect how we see ourselves. We won't believe that he loves us. He won't believe that we're good enough, that we measure, that we have worth. And we'll go elsewhere to find our worth. We'll go elsewhere to find our identity. And so God challenged us in February. Build a system and stop wavering on the truth. Go back to the truth. And then we were reminded in March to worship. We were reminded that worship was so much more than just singing. When we worship, we ascribe worth to something. So when you are here, just, you know, some of you, you stand and do nothing when you worship. I'm going to ask you, the next time you have a chance to worship, I want you to lift up your hands. Because when you're worshiping, you are ascribing something bigger than you. You see, for a long time, I had a hard time doing this because I was so proudful. Didn't want anybody to see me. And so I stayed like this. And I realized I looked like an idiot. <laughs> and I went, you know, everybody's expressive. And I came to the conclusion, I love God. How come I'm not expressing myself like this? Okay, I don't have the best voice, but still, I love God. I want to ascribe to him his worth. And that is a place that we do it with worship. I did it. I started doing it. And I started realizing I am going to show him he actually has my attention today. I don't care if everybody sees that he has my attention. Amen? So we were, we were, we were asked to worship. But we came to the conclusion in that month that we worship many other things than God. Some of us, we worship money. Because if money is not enough and finance is not good, we crowd out God from our lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And so God came and exposed, you know, where we were actually putting our affections. You know, so we just have to figure out where is our priority. You know, God throughout the whole year, I'm going to show you what he did in the month of June, July, and August. Oh my goodness. I went, God, you had our backs. You actually wanted us to succeed in building this whole fast root system of belief that would keep us getting us ready for this year coming, which is unshakable. We cannot be unshakable, beloved, if we are so stuck between two opinions. We need to decide. True biblical worship turns our affections right back to God. So remember when you sing a song, turn your affections back to God. And then we, live, we went and we did hold fast, live by faith. We we got exposed to what true biblical faith was. And then many people actually put their faith in faith. And then they put their faith in, you know, just doing things, but not realizing that their object of faith was actually very lacking. They cast their trust and their confidence elsewhere and became disillusioned with God because their faith was not placed in the right place. So to have faith means this. To believe in what our God is capable of. Do you believe that God is capable? To expect God will do something. When was the last time you expected that when you prayed and you gave it to him and you decided to believe and to follow through and obey, that means you stop the, the different things that are pulling you away from not letting that seed be planted. But you start actually expecting that he will do it. And then to follow where God is leading. That is true faith. In June, we were given a call to return to God because God understood there were many who did not know how to worship, many who did not live by faith but by sight alone, many who didn't understand the need to pray through these things. And so what God did is for three months in a row, he said, now I'm going to ask them to return to me. I'm going to get them to return to me. People often resist his will, and they get rebellious towards God things. The cost is so great, beloved. And I think God never stopped actually pursuing us this year. Because, you know, his great love keeps, keeps calling us back, keeps calling us back to that intimate fellowship with him. God's grace and his desire and power to give us all that we need to walk this out. But he says, you need to return to me. And so he wanted to awaken our hearts towards him again, to give us a greater sensitivity towards our sin, a greater sensitivity and awareness of his presence, and a greater hunger for his word. And then we went into how he was going to restore our first love. Coming back to the foundation cultivating our relationship with God, seeking and waiting until he makes clear our path. Beloved, we're so distracted. We're so moved by so many things. In the month of January, we are going to be doing prayer, and I hope you guys don't miss it, because I'm going to take that time to show you how to listen, how to wait, how to be silent before God. We are going to go through the scriptures. We're going to ponder and meditate. We're going to pray. We're going to learn as a body to learn to go back to the foundations of discovering our first love again. Beloved, we cannot be hungry for the things of God if we stay fleshly in our mind. Because the flesh, the mind of the, the, the flesh, the mind that is, is absorbed by the flesh, carnal, is hostile to the things of God. Why do you think when you are consumed with the wrong thoughts, you have no hunger from God, for God. They don't go together. So if our minds are consumed with the wrong things, then we will discover that our hunger and thirst for the things of God diminish. So that's the time when we say, whoa, I'm waking up. I'm, I'm, I'm getting myself ready. My soil is going to be ready this Sunday. I don't know how you're going to do it, but God, plant away. Plant that seed, water it, and I'm going to cultivate it. I'm going to wait upon you until you do what you need to do. So we learned that we have to seek for that clear direction, and then we went into refreshing our spirit. Psalm 23 said, He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Does this make any, does this bring you back? 
you know, his namesake. That means he cannot deny himself. You are his children, created in his image. There is no way that he will actually walk away from you. He wants to be there. He promises to care for us because he is who he says he is. God wants his people to enjoy the safety and security of his love. But there are times we walk away. Times that we stubbornly refuse truth when God keeps on saying, don't go there. Take back the grounds. Take back the grounds. I've given you an authority. You are positioned already in me. I need you to stop. Shut that door and take back the grounds. You see, we know that God is also calling us to clear our conscience as well. That's what we discovered about refreshing our soul. Sometimes our souls are not joyful anymore because we've let too many things in. And so we have to go back confessing to God, repenting, surrendering one more time, and saying, God, I repent from what I've done. I've been doing this, not letting you plant those seeds. Today, I am yours. I am yours. So we started understanding how God changes us from the inside out. When our hearts receive the word and we permit it to have its way, when we yield and obey what we have already been told, when God has already told me from the beginning of June, Mona, I have a plan that's forever steadfast for all generations. No matter what you see and feel, I need you to not walk by sight. And I was rebuked, corrected, admonished, affirmed, encouraged, and all, all over again, over and over again. Because you see, he didn't want me to have the soil of my heart become hardened or to be crowded out with the fear and the uncertainty that I was experiencing. He said, no, if you stand on my word, my word will get you through this storm. And I have to tell you, it has the, 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 the warfare is still very strong, beloved, and the enemy wants me to go back so that I can shut off where the seeds plant. And you know, this is just, this is just what we need to do. We need to encourage one another. We need to remember we're more than overcomers, beloved. It is no longer the time to resist or stubbornly turn away from what God is showing us. It is time to press in. And when we press in, we will discover one more time that God loves us and he will turn everything around for the good of his kingdom. He knows that he wants to give you love and grace and he's reaching out to you so that you can actually learn to reach out to others. We heard it tonight so that when God does it for me that I can go out and do it to others. This is what we need to understand. And we discovered in October as we come to an end of this year that the true gospel of Jesus Christ is the only one that could sustain us. We were told that the disciples of old were ordinary people who had no, they had no abilities, and yet they moved their world. They had the bond of love. They were knit together because of the presence of Christ. And despite what they lived, they were challenged to continue to be the same. And I think we were challenged over and over and over again to go back to truth. And then we finish that you may know. The hope of his calling on your life. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance that is yours? Not because you read, not because you come to church, but because you let the seeds get planted, because you learn how to cultivate those things, and because of the greatness of his power that's in us for those who believe. Have the eyes of your understanding been, been enlightened by God in 2019? Remember, it was all about the soil of your heart. What has the word, what has the word been given you? What did it give you in 2019? What did it teach you? Have you just listened, but with no intent to change the direction of your life? Beloved, we are responsible to cultivate those seeds that get planted 
And we do that by praying, by reading the Word, by studying the Word and coming to Him and waiting for Him to speak to us. Tonight, I want you to discuss, to come and get a journal and the reading plan we have that we're going to do together as a church family. I'm asking you to have everything in common because when we are struggling and we have everything in common, when I go to phone someone and they're at the same reading as I am that day, they'll say, hey, did we not just read this in Genesis 3? Did you forget what God said to you in Amos? Did God sh not show you what he was doing in Matthew? No, no, no. Did you not see the connection? Beloved, that's what it is to have everything in common is that they ate together, they prayed together, they, they actually sought God together. And so I'm going to give you an opportunity to come and get a journal and the reading plan. And on Sunday, I'm going to show you what we're going to be doing in 2020. But it is a, a, a year, I think, that is going to bring us to a crossroads, all of us. Because we cannot say we did not know. We cannot say that, oh God, yeah, I kind of know i got a crowded heart, but you know, I'm going to figure out that you're going to get that done. No, beloved, the seeking part in the new covenant, that's us that do that. We need, if we want to be hungry for the things of God, we have to eat first. We have to eat his word. We have to continue to sustain ourselves with what we know to be true. And when the lies come, and when our flesh rises up, we have to make a choice. The year 2020 will be about a choice. To do it his way or your way. But I'm going to give you a warning. And that warning comes from Isaiah 6. The same word that you see in Mark 4. Is that when you come to a place where you keep on listening. And you know that you actually have to hear it and understand it so that you can obey it. If you don't listen, there will be never any healing or forgiveness that will be had in your heart. Not because God has changed his rules. No, it is because we are now understanding that all in all of these years that we have been under truth, God has been planting and wanting to plant truth. And he's asking you, what seeds have you permitted me to plant in your heart? Have you grown stronger in your faith? Have you had an ability to see things through his eyes? Or are you just seeing through the same old, same old? Beloved, this is a mark warning that God is bringing forth something that will change the foundation of what we have believed before. 2020 will be a year where we will have a crossroads where we will make him Lord or not. And in the end of the end, you will continue coming to the knowledge of truth, but never the power. I don't want to see any of that next year, 2020. I want to see a people who rise up and say, God, let my heart be fruitful. Let it be moldable and responsive. I am so sick and tired of being rebellious and stubborn and resistant to your plans. Oh my goodness, what has your plans did for you? It's destroyed your homes, your marriages, your children want nothing to do with God. Oh my God, can we not see the destruction when we don't take the seed, when we don't let him water? Oh God, I have been so heavy burned. Oh God, I have seen your lives. I've seen the next generation just leave God. And I know that God is saying, they're ever listening, Mona, but they don't understand. They don't permit me to water the seed or to cultivate so I can bring a harvest. The harvest is healing. The harvest is, is the young ones who rise up to love God and to stand boldly for God and the things of God. We live in a society that has departed from the things of God, but it's just not our society, beloved. It is the people of God that has departed from the very word of God that sets us free. There's a time, there's a time we have to decide who's going to be Lord, who is controlling your life. We want to be unshakable, but it cannot, it cannot ever happen with the people who refuse to be led. And I'm not asking you to be led by a God 
God who is a bad master, who is unloving and unwarranted and undeserving of your love. He made a way for you to have eternity. And not only that, to give you all the privileges and the power you would need to pull through and to push through the darkness that you are living today. But the reason why is that the very seas that could have made you all that you should be, you have said no to. God has been faithful towards us in this assembly. He's given us direction. He's given us revelation, guidance, love, and forgiveness. A wonderful foundation, beloved. But do you really think he gave us all of that so we can hoard it? He didn't give us all of that so we could keep it to ourselves. First, he wanted us to give it to our spouses, to our children, to our grandchildren. And then when we went out to work, he wanted us to give it to the people that we are with at the stores and everywhere else. God, this is not about condemnation tonight. Because if you're in Christ, there is no more of that. But it is about a strong conviction that sometimes, and maybe, this is the time where God says, you choose who will stay in control of your life. When we have a hard heart, we will resist the word. When we have a shallow heart, we might be joyful for a moment, but when it demands us to surrender, we walk away from it. When we have a crowded heart, when given a chance to choose God or self, unfortunately, because of the crowdedness, you will choose self. And then we can choose a fruitful heart. Fruit is a direct result of whatever controls your heart. If you want to know what has your heart, what and how are you responding? What is the evidence in how you respond to your spouse? Have you understood what God wanted you to do. Some of you are in very difficult, difficult situations. I get it. But according to my word, there is absolutely, what's improbable to us and impossible to us is greatly possible to God. Do you understand why he was telling us hold fast? That means build your system on truth. And I will make you the man that will lead your family and cause you to be a warrior and a priest for your family like no other time of your life. I will cause you to be a wife that will honor and cement and cause your children to rise up and call you blessed. Oh my goodness, God can do the impossible. So as we get ready for our new year, let us reason together. As God kept his word to us, has he been faithful? Has he been loving to us, beloved? We have, are deserving of many things, but we have not received any of those many things because God gives us mercy. Has he been perfect in his ways? Has he been always constant, steadfast, seeking us, coming to get us? So what will we do with this truth? Will you decide to come back to the foundations of what a true follower of Christ is? By returning back to the basics. I'm telling you, beloved, so many of us, when push comes to shove, where you're in trouble, God is not even a thought to you. Or it is a passing thought, and it's like you, you partner yourself with God, and you say, God, you know, come in and bless what I, what I want you to do. But what you don't understand, that's salvation without lordship. You want God to come to you, and God will never change. He's a sure foundation. See, that's why I can trust him. He's not a shifting shadow. He doesn't change. And so when he says, I'm God, you're not. But when he says, I'm God, that means I'm God, and I will do this every time you choose me. I will cover you. I will give you the energy, the, the enablement, the empowerment, the ability to love beyond your own strength. I will give you new sight, new ears, new eyes to see. I will give you strength beyond anything. I will give you peace and a joy and a love that is shared. And when people are with you, they will sense your
secure my presence in you. Oh, God doesn't make it complicated. No, that's why I believe this pulpit, this church has been given so much. Seeds coming out of our ears. But a lot of those seeds have not been producing. And I think this year it's about, okay, God, now I'm getting it. A fruitful heart is a heart that's moldable and responsive. That's a heart that understands God is God. And God will never, he'll always do what's best for me because he's God. And we need to get to that place this year. So we need to come back to reading the word and utilizing all of the resources that he's given us. The fellowship of believers, the church resources, pouring out our life for something bigger than ourselves. You see, that's what happens when God gets a hold of us and the seeds get planted and cultivated and watered. We start thinking of others. <laughs> we start loving others. We start serving others. We start thinking, how can I make my wife's life better? How can I actually walk with my husband with an understanding that would cause him to heal? Now, it's all about not what we can have, but it's what God wants to do through us. Something miraculous changes within us from the inside out. We start seeing things we've never seen before, but he's asking for our people to come back, to yield to truth and not to lies. I've seen many this year who I thought would actually stand with us today, not because of the storm. I'm, I'm really thinking, beloved, I, you've seen the great exodus in this assembly, did you not? You've seen it, have you not? People who were actually probably steadfast five years ago are no longer steadfast. And when you talk to them, they think they're okay. The depths of deception and judgment that's coming upon the people of God who stay in a pattern of listening and not doing anything is super scary. Why do you think the weighty, the burden is, I carry is heavy? Because I love you guys. And I, there were times I said, God, can you just remove the burden? Can you just remove my ability to see? Because he's given me a tremendous gift to perceive. But the perceiving causes me to be weighed down. And God has been speaking to me and how I navigate through all of that. Because it's buckling. My sisters and my brothers, those that I've walked with, are no longer walking with God. Some who have been given truth are actually, they're, they're still struggling with the same thing and, and it's just like they're, they're, they're not understanding anymore. They're not seeing anymore. Have you not seen people who have spoken things in our lives are no longer speaking into our lives? And I, I'm thinking, God, you know, it just, how are we going to navigate through a society that is departing. And we, as a people of God, who are doing the same, how are we going to do it? The only thing that God is telling me is you got to remain. Mona, you got to remain with the things that you've already been taught. You've got to stand on the things that I've already showed you. Because if I showed you, that means I've already done it. So stop believing the lies of the enemy, beloved. We need to stand on truth. The last thing here is the scripture in Jeremiah 17. See, that's the crossroad we will be at in 2020. Jeremiah 17, verse 5 and 7, it says in 6, I should say, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spread out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will, be, will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will, uh, will he cease from yielding fruit. <clears throat> Crossroads. When we start trusting in God, we will remain in that path where our tree will produce fruit even when we are going through the toughest times of our lives. And then you have the other side where it says, thus says the Lord, cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord, for he shall be like a shrub in a desert and shall not see when drought comes, but shall inhabit the parched 
places in the wilderness, in the salt land, which is not inhabitable. This will be our choice. And I believe no matter where you are in the gamut of the heart thing, the soil tonight, the plea for God is to come home. It's to come back repent of and saying, God, I've acknowledged so many other things and I have not acknowledged you. And tonight is the beginning of my night, is the beginning of 2020. I'm starting even before 12 o'clock rolls along. I want to be a tree planted. And when fear and fire comes, I will not be moved. I will still produce fruit. Amen? But I will not be a man who actually trust in himself and in his flesh. It's kind of it's scary because when we trust in ourselves, we depart. Isn't that kind of scary? So God is asking us, whom do you want to trust in? I think, beloved, we have been given so many things and now it's time for us to say, God, I remember. I go back down. I remember you tonight. I remember what you've done. I remember all that you've done. And I'm coming. I'm coming to you just as I am. And I know the Father has his arms wide open for you tonight. But there's a, an admission that needs to be done. A recognizing. A taking full responsibility. God, I have been so careless with these seeds. And some of it has produced nothing. None of it has been planted. And some of it has not been cultivated. My bad. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm dealing with my heart tonight. That's what we're going to be doing tonight. Before we go into our fellowship time, we're going to put some soft music. Beloved, men, my men, most of my men in this church, guys, I'm just going to call it out. Forgive me if it sounds harsh, but you're spiritually lazy. You have not been on your watch. And while you're not guarding your door, somebody else has entered in. That's why there's troubles in your home. That's why there's chaos. That's why there's no unity or harmony. Get back on your post. I don't care how you do it. Five minutes, ten minutes, God is not looking for time. He's looking for heart. Ah, the heart again. My men need to stand. They need to get back to a place of worship, priesthood, and leaders. I believe they will turn the tide of the North Shore. That's how strongly I believe in this. And we women, we need to support our men. If you have issues with your men, you need to deal with it. You need to come to that place that you need to actually go to God and pray them through. Pray them through. And when in doubt, you bring them to God and you tattletale on them. God has never refused my prayers when I brought things when I was angry. And God said, I'm going to deal with you. I'm going to deal with you and then I'm going to deal with, with him. And he always did. He's never failed me. So tonight, there are many things that you need to do. So I want you to take that time. Just come on up. Spend that time. And once you're finished, we're not even going to do anything here. I'm going to be praying for whoever comes up because I believe that a whole lot of us have to come up tonight. And then we're going to just spend some time fellowshipping together. Amen? All right? Let's be bold tonight. Let's stand.